and welcome to the Association for Positive Behavior Support, APBS, podcast. APBS is a multidisciplinary organization made up of diverse professionals such as teachers, researchers, university professors, administrators, family members, and consumers who are committed to the application of positive behavior support. The mission of the Association for Positive Behavior Support is to enhance the quality of life of people across the lifespan. We hope to achieve this by promoting evidence-based and effective positive behavior support to realize socially valid and equitable outcomes for people, families, schools, agencies, and communities. Each of our upcoming episodes will feature speakers addressing the application and practice of positive behavior support in diverse areas. We have so much to share with you, and we are glad you are here with us. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome. My name is Casey Ellis, and I have the privilege of being the APBS Student Network President. The APBS Student Network proudly brings to you the Student Grant Research Award recipients from the 2020 cycle. In this episode, you will hear interviews from two of the award recipients. And our next episode, part two, you will hear from the other three student grant winners. Up first, we have Mara Power interviewing John Gallo. Enjoy. So I'm Mara Power, and I'm here with John Gallo from the University of Oregon. And I would like to give John an opportunity to introduce himself. Hi, everyone. I'm going to introduce myself in my tribal language first. So um, so what that means is, hi everyone, uh, my name is John and I'm Comanche. So it's really nice to be here today and I'm excited to have the opportunity to talk um, with Mara and you all as well. I'm so excited to talk with you as well, John. Thank you so much for making the time. I know that it, things are very busy and hard for everyone. So John is one of our 2020 APBS Student Research Grant winners, and I would love, John, if you could tell us a little bit about your funded project. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's a project looking at school-based implementation of supports um, for LGBTQ plus identifying students. Um, so it's looking at, we know that there are these best practices or advocated for best practices. And we're really looking at what kind of facilitators and barriers are involved in the implementation of those. And then also the social validity of those practices. So do students like them and do teachers enjoy them as well? Um, and that's kind of, it's a survey based um, like mixed methods. So survey and then a focus group and really just looking at what is the opinion of these practices and how do they impact school climate and other like whole school functioning individuals to better support um, LGBTQ plus identifying students. And how do you think you'll be using the, the funds that you've been awarded, John? So our biggest thing, um, something that we really advocated for was using these funds to reward the students and teachers for contributing to the survey and for the focus groups. I think that with such an important topic and such a sensitive population, um, it's just really honorable and important to reward these students and teachers that are participating um, well, because their voices really do matter. And um, we're really excited just to have the opportunity to engage with them as well. Awesome. 
John, what got you interested in your research topic area? Yeah, um, so I went to undergrad at University of Arizona. Um, I'm from Arizona, so in there I was working with uh, Dr. Lysi Wyman and some community experts, and we were more looking at Native American-based support. So it was very similar um, focus groups and um, wasn't research, more like community engagement and just using kind of these methodologies to find out, like, so within this big picture of supporting underrepresented populations, what is working and what is not working? And it was a lovely opportunity. I think I took that view of this positive base looking at supports instead of this deficit-oriented kind of research lens and was really intrigued by it. And I was in class up here at the University of Oregon, and some buddies and I who are also engaging with the project we had a school-based project of just like, or class-based uh, lecture pretty much, just of looking at what's going on right now in the LGBTQ plus community in schools. And we kind of looked at some numbers on um, suicide risk and suicide attempts and also like bullying, harassment, perception of school climate. And we kind of looked at each other and we're just like, this doesn't seem very right. Like, I don't know, like I, you know, in an equity-based model and something that I truly am passionate about, I looked and I was like, if this was perceived more to be in race, ethnicity, like these numbers are terrible. So like someone needs to like do something about it. And that's when we really, we just looked at each other and we're like, hmm, it'd be kind of like cool to see how everyone can better support this group of people because something's not happening right now. Thank you so much. And when you're, you've completed this project, how do you plan on disseminating the outcomes and your findings? Yeah, a lot of it is, so um, through recruitment, we're developing some partnerships with districts and then larger kind of community programs. So sending out like information to them just about, you know, this is what we found and this is kind of how we can better support your site or something through the practices and really kind of like integrating what we found into the schools again, just to also um, honor them for supporting us in this project. And then after um, hopes to go to the APBS conference and submit some articles and things like that. Um, and it just depends on which opportunities arise. So. Great. Do you have any advice for students who may be interested in applying for this grant in the next cycle in 2022, 2021? I sort of, time has become meaningless during the <laughs> pandemic and I've sort of lost track of time. Do you have any advice for students who will be interested in applying for the grant in the next cycle? Yeah, first off, I totally agree with you. I think time is now just all over the place. So <laughs> it's good to bring that up. Um, my advice really is just to do it. Like we were passionate about this topic and we were second years going into our second years I had no idea what I was doing but I was like I think like we make a document and submit it and we at the very last minute got in and talked to my advisor um, at UO Dr. Giovanna Rodriguez and we were just like this would be a really cool idea we have most of it worked out what do you think and she just goes well this is three weeks away. And we are like, yeah, that's a lot of time. And she's like, oh gosh, what do we do? So our advice is just to go for it and do it. If you're really passionate about it and just want to find something just to go for, like just try. That's fantastic advice. Thank you so much, John. Can I ask where you are now with your research? Yeah, it's been very interesting. Um, and it's nice to get a chance to talk about it both with you and the communities that 
I think the delays from COVID have really impacted a lot of work. I mean, everywhere, like all, everyone is feeling it. And still, um, depending on different parts of the country, like some schools are back up and running as pre-pandemic and some just aren't. And there's a lot of uh, challenges going on within districts. So with this survey mostly being based through, um, you know, as teachers and students, as the population going through schools and working with districts, as they have had so much more to wrap their minds around and really workshop those ideas, it's taken research um, very justifiably, like a little bit back. So it was delayed. We um, sent out the survey and I'm totally fine admitting to my losses and failures, but we sent out the survey and really pushed hard and got like no responses. So we re um, we just resent out the survey. We workshopped it, really looked at how we could improve our own practices and took that opportunity and resent it out. And this time we're doing the same thing and really just looking for organizations and other communities. And it seems to be going better. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm excited about that. I think the big thing at this time is that people have lost a lot of um, added value in like going to campus, going into university and like putting minds together and really collaborating with people. And like, even myself, I'm just getting back into it. And I think that for those at the university community, it's really just like checking in with your graduate students. I think like from my perspective, we've all gone through so much and whether it's just like chugging along on school or facing barriers through research it's like really important just to reach out to them reach out to your friends and see if there's anything you can do to help because without my advisor or my supports here at U of O I don't think I would be in the same place now so I'm so glad that you have such a strong system and community of support around you lifting you up that's awesome John it has been such a pleasure to chat with you a little bit and I hope that I get to meet you actually in person at the APBS conference this spring um, best of luck with your research. I want to hear updates. Thank you so much. Hey, and thank you so much for having me. I hope I get to meet you there as well. Um, so we'll see you soon. Next, we have Marnie Pollock interviewing Sage Pickren. Hi, everyone. My name is Marnie Pollock. I am the vice president of the APBS Student Network Advisory Board, and I'm here today with Sage Pickren, one of the APBS student grant winners from the 2020 cycle, and I'm excited to have her tell us a little bit about her awarded project. Um, thanks for being here, Sage. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Marnie. Of course. So can you start us off by just telling us a little bit about your funded project? Sure. Um, so I initially got interested in this project um, during COVID when a lot of students were doing virtual learning. And um, we, I work at the Vanderbilt Reading Clinic with um, the director, Sissy Peterson, and um, we had transitioned everything into um, virtual um, tutoring for our students that we serve at the Reading Clinic. Um, and that's under um, my advisor, Dr. Lori Cutting, as well. And um, I noticed and heard about um, a lot of struggles that the students were having with behavior and the tutors were having a lot of trouble um, managing the behavior from a distance. And so um, that gave me the idea to try to come up with some behavioral interventions. And we've done some work at the reading clinic doing one-on-one -on -one behavior interventions for students who are receiving one-on-one -on -one reading tutoring, but we really hadn't done it um, in, an, in a formal research study before and we hadn't tried anything um, virtually as we were delivering instruction via Zoom. And so um, 
when I saw this uh, proposal come up um, for uh, APBS, I thought this was a great opportunity to get some funding to run our project. So um, the research questions we're trying to address is seeing it, whether a token economy embedded into virtual reading tutoring can increase engagement and decrease behavior um, for decreased problem behavior for struggling readers. And then we're also wanting to know how feasible it is to implement a token economy um, during virtual instruction, looking at just kind of the logistics of how to do that via Zoom or whatever platform um, we use. Um, and then also get some um, feedback about the social validity from both the tutors that are implementing the intervention and also the parents and the actual students who are receiving the intervention. Great. Well, that certainly sounds timely. I'm so glad that you were able to get the funding to carry out that important work in this unprecedented time. Yeah, uh, and we're, we're also hoping, too, that um, even when social you know, distance, distancing guidelines are lifted, that we'll still be able to deliver some virtual reading instruction because we found that we're able to um, act, um, access students that might be living in more remote areas um, or just might um, find virtual tutoring to be more accessible due to time constraints with their day. You know, um, most of the students we serve have to come to the reading clinic after school, and sometimes that can be a bit of a drive for students to get there. And so um, there are some benefits that come with being able to deliver effective virtual reading tutoring, even um, outside of the circumstances of the pandemic. Certainly, and I'm so glad glad you brought up those points around equity because that ties directly into the mission of APBS. So, can you tell me a little bit more about how your project relates to APBS's mission? Yes, and so you know the the equitable point with um, making you know interventions more accessible for students, um, particularly those with. Um, uh, severe and challenging behavior. Um, this project is also nice because it's um, collaborative and multidisciplinary. And so it's kind of combining best practices for both reading and behavior. We're using evidence-based reading interventions as well as token economies, which have that strong evidence base for increasing engagement and decreasing problem behavior. But we're kind of expanding on that by trying to see um, under what circumstances does it continue to be an evidence-based um, practice specifically if it works in a virtual setting. Um, we're also interested in that social validity question, which is also a big um, piece for APBS is seeing whether our um, relevant stakeholders find um, what we're doing to be feasible, but also um, whether the goals and the procedures and the effects of the intervention are reasonable. That's great. Thank you so much for doing this important work. Um, how do you plan to disseminate outcomes from your project to a broader audience? Yes, we're hoping um, for a few pieces to come out of this project. So one, um, I'd like to write up our findings and submit them to a peer-reviewed journal for publication. But also we plan to go back to APBS and maybe submit our findings as a poster for the conference and hopefully maybe write a practitioner paper that can um, lead uh, teachers or other practitioners who are delivering virtual reading instruction to better be able to support students with um, challenging behavior. Um, you know, maybe it's just students that have some ADHD symptomology, but also maybe students who have um, emotional behavior disorders. That's great. 
So kind of tying it all together, Sage, what advice do you have for students who are interested in applying for this grant in the next cycle? Um, it, when I, you know, read the propose or the call for proposals, um, it was really nice that the um, APVS gave us a rubric, and so that was really easy to um, outline what needed to be included in the paper. So I did not get creative with how I wrote the application. I just stuck with what was on the rubric and followed that outline. Um, and then I guess my other advice would just be to go for it. Um, this was already something I was interested in, and my advisor um, had me um, researching ways to support students during some virtual tutoring we're doing as part of our lab. And so we had this idea and actually formally writing up this application was a good practice for me just to kind of think out, um, work out my ideas and put it in writing so I had something to get back to my advisor. Um, and so it was, it was a productive activity even if it didn't get funded and I got lucky that it was. Well, congratulations. I am really excited to read more about this project and the work you're doing and excited to see kind of where it takes you in terms of next steps. Yes, thank you so much. A student grant winner said, just go for it. So if you're interested in applying for the Student Research Grant Awards next cycle and would like more information, you can email studentgrants at apbs.org. A benefit of being an APBS student member is access to the APBS student network. If you would like more information, you can email studentnetwork at apbs.org. You can also join us on our socials. On Instagram, we are APBS underscore student network. On Twitter, we are APBS underscore student. And on Facebook, we are APBS student network. Join us on episode four as we interview our remaining 2020 APBS student grant winners.